The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. Good evening and good night, everyone, depending on what time zone you're in. Hope you're doing well. My name is Cameron Fry. I am the co-founder of His School Friday, and tonight I want to talk a little bit about my testimony, not the whole part, just diving into a certain piece of it, and this was inspired by a recent lecture that I took part in at my church, the Gate Community Church, and it was for our Marketplace Ministry class uh, last Wednesday night, and we, we talked about the effective influencer and what that looks like, uh, what the Word has to say about the effective influencer, how it's supposed to look and translate in the workplace. You know, uh, I think it was John Dawson who said, if you have to decide between having influence and having authority, choose influence. And so that was kind of the basis, uh, really the the premise of that discussion had to do with uh, confidence and leadership uh, is built through influencing. If you have to learn to be an influencer, you don't have to worry about being a leader because your unique leadership gift and style will naturally emerge over time. And one of the first few scriptures we talk about is John 13. We are people of the towel. Now, I'm not going to get into all this. We, we do, uh, we, we jump into Romans 12 uh, about how leadership is just one of seven gifts. We unpack um, the other six in this lecture. Uh, the ministry of reconciliation is being an influencer. Uh, God has committed us to the, the message of reconciliation. That's 2 Corinthians 5.19. Um, so just bouncing around certain parts. But I kind of want to cut to a section at the very end of this lecture. I, I, I'm not here to recap. I'm here to share some insights that that were triggered. Uh, and So fast forward. Um, maybe I'll, I'll upload the full on notes uh, for context. But... Um, let me just cut to the chase here, uh, this one portion. It, 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 we're talking about how um, an, an effective influencer helps people with their problems. When people share problems with us, we build trust with them by pointing them to one of three love solutions. And those three love solutions come back to navigating trusting God problems, relationship problems, and personal confidence problems. There's three love solutions that pertain to each of those criteria. If someone comes to you with a trusting God problem, if they're a believer, you could point them to 1 John 4, 10. We love him because he first loved us. Let that be the core of the argument, the core of the point you're trying to make. If they're not saved, then you can focus them away from trying to trust God. Or maybe they're seeking, they're searching, but they haven't committed their life to Jesus and they're having a hard time trusting God. They believe in a higher power, they believe that the idea of God exists, but that's as far as it goes, then we need to help them navigate them away from self-effort and towards receiving his love. And receiving his love is really something that applies to anyone you're helping with a trusting God problem. Uh, I'll come back to relationship problems. That's number two, but for tonight, we're going to let that be number three. Uh, personal confidence problems, perfect love casts out fear, 1 John 4, 18, so staying in 1 John 4. You could also cite, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but a love, power, and a sound mind. A sound mind, confidence, 
go hand in hand. Just like with the trusting God problem, you could focus them away from what they feel they can't do and towards what they've already done. You could focus them towards what God is actively doing. You could take the difference between where the person was at once upon a time and how they've been helped and nurtured and matured, how God has inspired them to a better place. You know, you have to tailor, uh, you have to customize your guidance, your counseling based on where the person is at and where they've been. Are they saved? Are they not saved? Where they are in the, in the seeking ladder? But ultimately, with a trusting God problem and a personal confidence problem, there are many different ways uh, that you can color in the lines, but you have a solid foundation that you can use if you want to go there. And First John 4 is one of the building block passages that I recommend. With relationship problems, the goal here is to focus them away from trying to resolve the broken relationship and towards speaking peace to the person. Now, this can involve speaking peace to the person's face or speaking, declaring life and love from a distance, maybe with a mentor, with a friend. But a lot of times we try and fix what's broken by our own hands, by our own strength through self-effort. And faith and love, you know, Galatians 5, 6, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It's easy for that to be absent from what we're trying to do from the equation. And faith is radical obedience, but it's not just obedience that moves mountains. Sometimes it's choosing to believe what God believes. It's choosing to see what God sees, even if it goes against what we want to think in the moment. Is faith expressing itself through love? And there's a time where this needs to happen in person. There needs to be a direct interface. There needs to be uh, direct forgiveness, as I like to call, where it's made known. It's not just assumed or it's just it's kind of uploaded to you know the cloud. <laughs> but there's other times where being still, being distant, being removed is the right call, but even if we are removed from physical presence, we're not in proximity, we could still pray, we could intercede, we could go to God and surrender our concerns, our crap, the inner chaos, the confusion, the frustration, and we could cut through that, we could persevere and press through that, the emotional clutter, and we could seek the word and be in the things that we believe about ourselves, how God sees us, we could reflect that onto another and it's powerful stuff you know we are a son and daughter we are called appointed anointed we've been purchased uh, at a price we are the work of his hand where's his craftsmanship uh, we're a royal priesthood you could go down the list um, you could pick a number of different verses and declare that over the person who has hurt you or is on the other side of a broken relationship and really, with relationship problems, a larger degree, it comes back to not living in the truth of I am loved by God. Our relationship problems always connect, stem to a God problem, a bigger problem that we may not always see. It may not always be uh, in our front view mirror. And when we know we're loved by God, then faith will up well. 
within us, and our faith will be strengthened to not have to resolve a broken relationship that we can't restore. When we're loved by God, when we, we believe that about our identity, then our reliance is rooted on Jesus, our reliance is in Christ. So we know that He will make a way to reconciliation. He will make a way. We're putting our trust in Him. It's not being passive. It's not being idle or indifferent. You know, one thing that I encourage people to do is when you put your trust in God, you still need to seek His will for the situation because oftentimes the faith is going to require something that our flesh doesn't want to do. It's going to require us getting out of our comfort zone. We lock. We tend to lock up forgiveness. You know, we, we, we forgive in our hearts. We make it known to God, but we don't make it known to the other person. So it's like we don't give God a chance to really do what only He can do. And getting into the problem, getting into the between the relationship and fixing it. So it's kind of like, what's what? How do I want to say it? It's like we only know both extremes. Either we prematurely eject, we escape, we withdraw, and we will eventually kind of just we'll simmer. And once we calm down, we'll just be like, God, I don't. You know, we we just get sick of feeling down, and so at that point, we'll s- surrender at least in part, or we strive to the max. We do whatever we can in our own power, in our own strength, in our own time to be to get back in good graces with this person so that in our minds we can go to bed knowing that this is either no longer a broken relationship or it's a repa- it's a relationship in repair it's getting back on track it's not in limbo we're so desperate for whatever whatever's in limbo status in our life like we're so desperate to jump out of it to cut out of it uh, to weed it out whatever means and when we know we're loved by God, we're not going to tr- effort. We're not going to try to get rid of the problem. We will embrace the problem. We'll embrace the weakness, knowing that our identity is still rooted. It's cemented. It's unchanged. Our faith is strengthened by bringing God into the mix, by bringing God into the chaos and saying, I'm not going to resolve this. Only God can resolve. Only God can restore. Only God can redeem. But I could say yes. I could be a part. I could come under the authority of Jesus, the influence of Jesus. What he wants me to do, I will do. And a lot of times we we want to do the right thing, but we don't have the green light. We don't have his authorization to do it. And the reason why we don't is because God wants us to be like, hey, before you do anything, just relax, calm down, know that I love you. And know that that is... that has been going on since eternity. Since the beginning of time, I've loved you. I've known you. I've formed you. And I'm always with you. So I'm going to come back to that, but I just wanted to share the the context, kind of what triggered this. Um, all right, so going back to my middle school days, I was rejected for many reasons. Uh, rejected by my peers, that is. What I believed spiritually, my mistakes, my standards, family I was a part of, not being cool, not having those social or social acceptable exceptions, i.e. my vice may be 
a partier, but at least I'm popular. I may have strongholds of unforgiveness. I may be a chronic manipulator, but at least people think I'm cool and fun to be around and have an edifying following. I may lack consistency in my character, but at least I got charisma. Could go on. And time and time again, I was pigeonholed where my value was tied to not screwing up because I didn't have anything else. I wasn't cool. Uh, I wasn't an extrovert. I wasn't uh, someone who was the life of a party. But like everyone else, I was human. And I screwed up. I was like everyone else, learning the ropes of their strengths and struggling with their strongholds. Except I didn't have the cool hair or outfits. I wasn't funny when I tried. I didn't have an extrovert gregarious personality to offset my insecurities. And when I look back, I realize I was very insecure. And people would write me off as inauthentic because of that insecurity. But that insecurity was in this crazy cycle of being reinforced by really my perception of what people thought but as I there were plenty of opportunities where I got to know what people thought and that's a, these are long stories I don't want to get into the weeds just know that it wasn't all vain imagination that some of it was verified I got signs on my back you know the word curse is literally taped to my back and I would walk around and um, thankfully people would notify me after a while but it was old school like the, the punking was real and over time the boxed in stigmas became harder to overcome leading to a collection of escapes, some good, some bad. You know, fine arts and music was a major plus. I had a good core of friends, uh, a very diverse, eclectic group of friends, I might add. Um, many of them younger younger than me, and then there's a core who were older. I was active in sports like track, cross-country, basketball. But there were also some self-gratification and soft porn addictions forming to kind of fill in the voids I was experiencing, the hurt. You know, I wrote a blog about this, so again, I don't want to get caught up in rabbit trails. Um, by soft porn, I basically mean the um, the Victoria's Secret catalogs. You know, not full-on nudity, but, you know, no sexual acts, but um, barely closed. <laughs> so um, I would, you know, cut out ones I found attractive and hide them in my yearbooks. Like, I was... I don't know if that makes me normal or cliche by the world standards, but it was a problem that I swept under the carpet. Um, and it was a response to peer rejection and feeling like I wasn't acceptable. And I would make excuses to justify certain sins. I got good at not telling the whole truth in certain situations, especially to my parents. And I guess, you know, maybe an average teenager learning, you know, where, you know, you learn how to get away with things, how to not, you know, preserve your good graces. Yeah, that was me. All in all, the sum of my experiences produced an identity centered on performance, affirmation, and a warped sense of self-righteousness. From a peer perspective, I, I felt trapped often where I feel like anything I did, any moves would cast me in this less authentic fake light I found some peace hanging with other cast off underdogs I had a good time with them but I constantly carried this yoke of I wish I knew what was wrong with me and it soiled a number of relationships potential relationships and the reason for this was I didn't learn community the right way I didn't learn the give and receive dichotomy without 
performance and self-preservation attached. I idolized acknowledgement. I, I see my dad get praised, my smarter, leaner, more athletic friends get recognized. You know, even people who were saved, who were believers like me, and they were the real deal in that regard, who just had the charisma. They were cool wherever they went. People talked to them. They, they were engaging. I became envious. And there were times when I was legitimately affirmed and recognized, and I wasn't able to enjoy those moments as much because inside I would think, well, it's about time, or finally I'm up to par, or at least close to it. These type thoughts would inundate and compromise my joy. You didn't know it then as a 15, 16 year old, but you look back, you know, I'm more than double that age now, and clearly my filters and grids were chained to comparisons. My sense of belonging subdued by the lies that said, I don't measure up. I'll never get ahead of this eight ball. You know how I wish I would have pressed deeper into God's heart as opposed to being content and believing truth conceptually or just believing the right things and knowing that this is it. I'm not going to deviate from this because I know I believe it undoubtedly, absolutely. You know, I came, I accepted Jesus in my heart six and again at 10 when I was older, I was baptized by fire and water. <laughs> so, you know, I was anchored, but it doesn't mean that it was translating down into the heart space. And so when I look back, Interestingly, I could pinpoint my best years, my happiest seasons, by noting when these deceptions were dormant. As an adult now, it's even more clear how desperate we, as human beings, in the flesh, how much we don't like feeling like failures, how much we hate rejection. Internally, we want to look back and smile at the past whenever we catch up rearview mirror reflection. I think we so want to be able to feel good about ourselves, we become numb to the things provoking or providing those reflections that don't need to be there. You know, entitlement is one, resentment, false hope keeping us ready to restore a broken relationship. <laughs> there are many ways not to let go of something we need to. There are many ways to not let go. We forget the one and only way to truly letting go. And that goes back to the content I was referring to earlier, and that is to stop trying to trust God and receive his love. It's one of the big revelations of this year, and I look back and realize every year, like so many of my problems, I just I can uh, link it back. I can trace it back to I never really stopped and received his love. I paused quite a bit. I paused to give praise. I I even paused to declare truth, but I never really paused to receive his love. And you know, it's simple and radical when I say it, but it's difficult to do. And I believe once we find that sweet spot, we'll experience a shift where we no longer rely on head knowledge expressed as love, but faith expressing itself through love. Going back to Galatians 5 6 there. So that's really where I'm getting at. It's what, what If there was a mantelpiece for this pod, I would say it's that when I know I'm loved by God, my faith is strengthened to not have to resolve a broken relationship that I can't restore. That grips me. That's I wish I could go back in time, get in the TARDIS, jump in with Doctor Whoever, 
and just uh, and catch my younger self and just sit down with him and just get him to understand. At least talk, let's talk about it. Let's under, let's get to the bottom of things. And to be human is to look back and wish we could have done things differently because we're fallen. So it's not a big shocker that, you know, I say I want to go. I wish I could go back and and change this and that. At the same time, I need to surrender even that, because what good is that? What what, what good is holding that close to heart? You know, that's part of what surrender looks like. I, I, with God, all things are possible. So why get caught up in the impossible without him? Uh, mixing in some Philippians 1 to what I was saying earlier, to live is Christ, but to live is also to make mistakes and run to God in their wake. And I believe one of the major problems in the body today involves those who worship God but run to another. Those who worship God run to him and don't know how to handle the divide brewing in their brother and sister's life. You might be able to sense a little prodigal son, older brother contrast developing here. It's remarkable how many problems go back to believing Jesus loves me so I hear versus Jesus loves me this I know. Our love by God identity is far and away the number one thing we take for granted in this life. The problem with believing truth in mind only is it rarely translates to everyday action, dependence, uh, you know, such continual reliance has to have a root in the very place Jesus takes residence in, Christ in us. Our hearts connect to eternity, but if we don't truly believe how God sees us at the heart level, it makes sense we're not going to live with heaven in mind. And I submit this is one of the greatest tragedies of the human experience. In church, out church, our love by Christ's identity is essential to walking in light and life, but also in how we handle conflict and how we endure through our brokenness into places of re- uh, reconciliation and the cool thing about reconciliation, you know, we are partners with God in it. Second Corinthians 5.20, I, I mentioned 19 earlier. Um, in fact, let me go back. Do I have it pulled up? I don't have 20 pulled up. But it basically says, in a different translation, we are ambassadors. We are commissioners with Christ. The, the word declares this over us. It's not an option as to our identity, but it's an option as to our choice to receive it. As in our choice to receive a lot of things from him. Assuming we accept the invitation, we need to approach this part of identity with humility, yielding to God to know his will, but also to let him do things only he can do. We should want him to go before us. And you know, even if we don't have a place in the reconciliation, in the bridging, Lord, help the other person realize who they are and that they are forgiven. Help them know that they can make it, that they can receive from you and they can carry on, they can, they can move forward by the unique set of strength, love, forgiveness, grace, mercy. You go down the list, you know, God, receiving boldness, faith, just a, uh, being renewed by the transforming of our minds. Just praying that the transformation that their eyes will be open, that whatever wherever the blinders are, that God will help them see, help us see with them. Like there's just the list goes on. There's so much that we can do. Again, whether it involves just speaking, declaring it from our bedroom to well, knocking on the door and 
being like, hey, let's talk this out. We need to set, we really need to set this right. It's important, not just for my peace of mind, but because God's not finished authoring the story. There's still another chapter left. We, by our own strength, are incapable of cleaning up messes and stains. We force the exit with people rather than let God transition us out. Um, now, let me also give some more context because this was a few days ago. I came across the a Toby Mac Speak Life graphic. Don't worry about people God has removed from your life. He heard conversations you didn't, saw things you couldn't, and made moves you wouldn't. Powerful word. A little confusing. I had to really chew on that, actually. So, the effective influencer notes plus this Toby Mac graphic are my notes combined. I did take some scratch notes, um, but those are the two motivators tonight. We force the exit rather than let God transition us. It's a good thing for God to remove us from what's unhealthy, but it's far too easy to make the unhealthy the enemy. And so we move on without the forgiveness being made known. We don't attempt to reconcile. We put things in God's hands as an act of surrender, but also as an excuse from having to work things out. And I'm, I'm telling you, if, if surrender and excuse are somehow synonymous, not synonymous, but the same involved in the same act, we need to reevaluate how we perceive and how we live out surrender. If we're hiding behind surrender in any way, if there's an excuse for sweeping under the carpet, I mean, that's just something that I've, I've caught myself in and I see it all the time. It's good to come before the Father and to say, I know you will provide and take care of what needs to happen, that things will work out for good as you promised, that there is blessing that will come out, that there is fruit that will result even from the conflict and the brokenness that inspired it. But God, is there anything I need to say or do before I move on? Both in heart and in my walk. Just intimacy and vulnerability need to be a part of the exchange that we have with God. And that vulnerability, that transparency with God can lead to vulnerability and transparency with other people like we we withhold vulnerability and transparency from people all the time and we a lot of times we withhold the vulnerability and the transparency and we'll have a moment of of forgiveness and it's good but it's just kind of like it's the uh it's like the toppings on a parfait but no no ice cream like the what makes a sunday a sunday is the ice cream but it's like we 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 still want to put a bow on it because again, we want to move on. We want to get out. We want to manufacture the distance. We want to manufacture the removal. And what is the the first two words that Toby Max says is don't worry. Cast your cares upon the Lord. In other words, God knows what they've thought. You know, if God knows if they've gossiped or if they've talked out of both sides of their mouth. He knows the, the struggle, the lack of understanding, the comparisons, the you know, the, the collection of what's been yielded versus what hasn't been yielded. You walk with the Lord, and it's amazing just how God will be there for you, encouraging you to align to Him, to plug into Him, drop a line and be like, hey, let's hang out. We haven't hanged out in a while. There's some things I want to tell you. You know, we're so caught up in what we can't hear. It's just like we miss what God wants us to hear. We get caught up in people who are no longer a part of our lives because we're 
let's be honest, we're run by the ego a lot of times. If we let the ego run us and control us, then we're going to be infatuated. We're going to idolize our voids and we're going to wonder what happened with so-and-so. Why things couldn't have turned out differently. And our days become sabotaged, our thought patterns. Our, we lose minutes, hours, even days just wondering, what the heck was I, why was I so stupid? Why couldn't I have done this differently? Maybe I'd still be on speaking terms with so-and-so. But we for, and we forget all the while that, oh yeah, I'm loved by God. And it's cool when we talk about being an effective influencer is we, we may not always be in a situation where we're leading someone to Christ. But we should always, in all that we say and do, not only be giving glory to Jesus, that's great, but by giving glory to Jesus, we're also helping others, we're pointing them in the direction of their love by God identity. And sometimes if, they, if they're struggling to believe in God, then just point them in the direction of they are loved, period. And even if they're uncomfortable, then I love you. They'd be like, I'm here for you, man. I, if there's anything I can do for you, just know I'm here. I want to help you. Uh, you know, you don't have to just swarm them with, with goodness and kindness and compassion. You don't have to overwhelm them, but just stagger it. Be, just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. It's not like it has to look one way. There's just a lot of different ways. Just stay at it. Be consistent. Don't give up. You move on. You know, it's like, you know, I've talked to people before and, you know, they'll pour in and pour into to many, many people over the years. And they transition, they move, locations change, family change, settings change, whatever. And only a handful of people really remain um, where there's even just the, where there's any communication going on. I think we want to control the people in our lives, not control them so much by dictating what they do, but we want to force the action in them talking to us and being engaged. We, we, we force the engagement all the time. I did that when I was in college. I so wanted to stay plugged into people uh, back in Nashville, especially the year I was living in Mobile. It was my first year away uh, living on my own, and I was trying to preserve relationships Um I was trying to stay connected at any, at any cost. I would, I would, I would could hear the confusion in people's voices. Like, why are you calling me? <laughs> you know, it's, you know, I know it's been a couple of weeks, but why aren't you getting on with your life? Like, there's, there was a little bit of that, and I didn't understand it. I just wanted to be like, you know, what? it was awesome getting to know you. I want to keep it up, and I would do this with like up to twenty five, thirty people. It was crazy, and it was stressful, and it wasn't how God naturally wired me. And uh, it's like, you, it's it's weird. You, you look back and be like, you know what, I, I really, I, even in the moment, even though I was only 20 years old, I, I felt like something was off, but I couldn't put my finger on it. Now it just seems obvious. You know, this was, I was doing all these things without being yielded and tethered to the Lord. It's like, um, there were times where I should have been studying the word and having quiet time with him but I was calling people up just trying to get people to talk to me so I could feel like oh I have friends and my meaning was tied up in that it was tied up in my my sense of value was tied in as like how many people um it wasn't just friends on Facebook um but how many are like active engaged friends on Facebook you know what I mean um so I don't need to ramble too much on that but I just want you guys to know that you are loved by God and God wants to use you in powerful, profound ways to help people with their trust in God problems, their relationship problems, their personal confidence problems. Um, 
And there's a lot, you know, pointing people in the direction of love, period. God's love and God's love in you, God's love active and being made known. You may not feel like a counselor, you may not feel like a leader, but you're an influencer. All you need to do is point them in the right direction. In the right direction, as long as you're staying engaged uh, to the Word, to God's voice, but through the Holy Spirit, you're staying in tune to ways of even just growing practically and encouragement. You know, there's a lot of different ways we can inspire people and guide them and be a support system to them. So, so yeah, bottom line of ministry in one word is influencing. And I've mentioned that in his Girl Friday several times. You know, the Holy Spirit's primary work in us is influencing us towards the Father through Jesus. And that in itself suggests the most important ministry we have is influencing because that is the primary work of the Holy Spirit within. So relax. <laughs> you know, Jesus was an influencer first at 12 years old. He was teaching the scribes. Influencing is going to change the culture. And strategy is great and all. I'm all for that, but culture eats strategy for breakfast, as it's been said many times before. So I'm trying to tie it back into a leadership principle because I know you guys listening to this are probably vocationals or bivocationals. Um, but I just wanted to share a little bit of my testimony because that's where my mind went. Sometimes it's good to kind of unpack the testimony behind a powerful truth that's that's gripping us. And that was the whole point of this pod. So I hope you got something out of it. hope you've been blessed. hope you've been encouraged. hope this was food for the soul, food for the heart. If you have anything, uh, if, if there's anything that, listen, I could be praying for you in or on, um, we would love to be there for you. So just uh, drop us a line, a DM, whatever. Feel free to leave a comment below. Um, you know, this is going to go up on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, at least. Um, so feel free to connect with us there. If not, hope you have a great weekend. We're rooting for you as always. And uh, as I always say, I'll catch you on the fry. Peace.